0: have needs that need to be met when it comes to pop culture, professional wrestling, or just that little thing inside of your ear that says, ooh, I want to get naughty. Well, look no further, for you have arrived to the Cast. Now for your hosts, Zach Romero and Chad Allen.
1: Welcome to another episode of the IndieCast, After Dark. This episode finally pays off something that we set up... What was it? Was
0: this technically episode zero, or was this even before we relaunched the show? I want to say it might have been episode zero. I hope to God. I think it was in episode zero where, yes, I do believe this horrendous show came up. Yes,
1: so we're we're finally paying something off. New year, new us. We're finally (laughs) paying off a, a tease that we started and uh, as you can probably guess, it is a, it is a sausage fest this episode, and
0: it's not pornography related. interestingly enough, <laughs> uh, it well, is, close uh, enough. Though
1: Chad Allen and Zach Romero. Oh hi! And uh, yeah. Oh hi Zach. <laughs> Let's talk
0: about VIP. <laughs> I thought you were going to break into a uh, into a TLC lyric there. <laughs> Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's. Talk That's, about- that wasn't TLC. That was um. Salt and pepper. you're right and I think it was a uh, TLC was definitely um, Ain't Too Proud to Bad right. I have mixed up my <laughs> s- s- sex related sex empowered rap songs
1: what? how has that genre died out by the way the sex empowered hip hop song like
0: because um, uh, they're all rapping about like money and shit now <laughs> I don't know
1: I Two white you,
0: hairy guys talk got, about urban music. Yeah, you got to remember the my, my my overall pop music is by whatever is played on the goddamn Kids Bop channel no, because, because I have a six year old daughter. That's true. Who I don't want to hear the dirty words, even though as soon as she gets out of the car, it immediately turns over to like like insane cloud. I'll just say some filthy and, ass. ICP. Oh, it's horrible. It's like <laughs> twisted or. Uh, uh, or it, it goes into the metal side of it when I really, you know, it's like then that's when like Pantera comes on. Nice. Uh, or then it's the really random ska stuff too. Then I go like, really weird ska. Um,
1: so. Were you big into ska when it was actually like socially appropriate to be into ska? Uh,
0: I probably was a little late on it, but I'm usually a little late on everything that's that's popular.
1: I was super late on
0: it. When, when
1: I, I was, I, I, was late, I was super into it when it was like five years like past. Yeah. It's okay to like ska music.
0: Um, I can tell you I didn't, I didn't go see a Scott concert until long after it was mm. way out of, like, I'm going to see Real Big Fish when they would make jokes themselves about, hey, remember when we were relevant? So, I mean, that should probably yeah, tell you. That's Do true. You, no.
1: Let's say, uh, first ska show I saw that was, like, by a, an actual ska band that, like, mm-hmm. made money and had a record deal was, uh, the Aquabats, which isn't even a ska band anymore. They have right. a single guy who plays horn instead of a horn section. Right. And that was three years ago. So <laughs> that I first saw that. So we we uh, we don't get out much, Chad. You and I. That's the no. lesson to learn here. We do not get out much. You, you have a company, and I have kids. Yeah, so, right. that's, so you really
0: Fucks that all over.
1: Um, what? So you mentioned Pantera. What would be uh, another? Uh, let's put ICP to the side. Okay. What would be a uh, what would be like the hardest metalist band that you listen to?
0: Um. Probably, probably. Pantera might be kind of Metallica. I've seen in concert a bunch of times. Um, yeah, um, I've seen System of a Down once. How was that? Uh, good. It was when they were still very, it was very early in their career. So, legitimately, it's uh, in Baltimore. Back when I lived up there uh, on a July Fourth weekend, it was uh, Metallica was your headliner, Corn, uh, Kid Rock. System of a Down, and the band that Rob Zombie's brother used to lead, uh, Static X, I think is I think was the band.
1: A couple of things. Number one, didn't know that. Number two, that is like the greasiest white guy dirt rocker yeah. headliner show oh, I've ever yeah. heard. But I wish I had tickets to that.
0: it was an amazing show. I mean, Metallic is amazing all the time, anyway. I really like Corn um, and always have. Kid Rock, that was, like, when he was first out, and, and like, Bah What to bah was probably the biggest song. Maybe definitely. Cowboy. Right, right. Oh, no, it definitely was Cowboy, and this was what before Joe C died. Oh. So, Joe C was definitely yeah, the, there. Yeah, and the got, OG Kid Rock lineup. And got a bigger reaction when he came out than Kid Rock did when he came out. <laughs> so, that should probably tell you everything. People loved the midget. Hmm. Um, and, like I said, System of a Down was still kind of, was, like I said, just still really young. getting started. Still yeah. young, and then yeah, Static I keep
1: um, every time you you mention System of a Down, I keep waiting for you to be like, uh, they were, uh, you know, this was in the part of their career they were really political, like they were. Really- yeah, oh, yes.
0: yeah. <laughs> no, they were. Uh, actually, the lead singer Church was definitely wearing like some sort of military-ish uniform. Um, interestingly also not the weirdest outfit I've ever seen at a concert though. Before, uh, definitely got to see Tool once at a uh, Lollapalooza that I won tickets that I won tickets for uh, in the Virginia area and. The place I won the tickets was at a like a Barnes Noble or something like that. They excellent, excellent. I won the drawing, and they didn't call me until that morning to tell me I won the tickets. Oh, delightful! So I'm like, oh, great! So I legitimately I had like nobody to go with at that point, so I went up and knocked up and, and knocked on my brother's uh, my brother's bedroom door <laughs> and woke him up. It's like, uh, hey, you want to go see Lollapalooza? He's like, yeah. Who's playing? I said, uh, Snoop Dogg's on the lineup and Tools the the headliner. He's like. Yeah, let me get dressed. So, <laughs> so we we be in. That was like one of the like rare like me and my brother going out trips. Uh, but, uh, weird weirdest. Uh, well, tell me what was so weird uh, about Tool. So Maynard uh, Maynard lead singer of Tool okay. uh, was uh, painted white, mm. wearing uh, like this weird kind of stocking cap, um, a woman's bra, and like jogging shorts. That's and that's what I wolf for the entire concert. Excellent. And, sure, why not? So.
1: Uh, weirdest outfit for me would probably be Marilyn Manson.
0: Uh, maybe i have never seen Manson in concert. Would like to. Uh,
1: I went to uh, an Ozfest with, nice. a, with a with a friend of mine. And uh, Reunited Black Sabbath was headliner. Of course. So that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Slipknot was there. I was not particularly impressed at the time. Uh, Marilyn Manson was like co-headliner. Um, dirt Rocky. Just very fucking like... Just... Sweat Goth, I guess, would be the... Because it's, it's in Florida.
0: OzFest is I did see a uh, reunited Black Sabbath for an OzFest the year I went, and um, that's where I got to see Rob Zombie, actually, in concert Was it an excellent? Fest. So yeah, excellent. very dirt-rocky dirt once again there, too. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: anyway, so this should tell you everything that you need to know about how interesting the pilot episode of the show from 1998 VIP was, yes. because we've literally talked about, hey, remember when you went to that concert for fucking ten <laughs> minutes instead, because... Wowie wow wow. Yeah. What a first episode of the Pamela Anderson driven VIP.
0: How, how that show never won, you know, like an Academy Award or something. An, uh, an Emmy, there was a the the right yeah. there. Um, <laughs> well, let's get, uh, so, uh,
1: for anybody who doesn't know, VIP was some kind of terrible idea that was basically, let's have Pam Anderson be Lady James Bond, but like Roger Moore James Bond. Just like right. kind of bumbling... And kind of in over her head, um, her doing a terrible like uh, Frank Drebin impression. If I can date myself with a wow. Police Squad, uh, I do love me some Police Squad. God, that show is so fucking good. Um, has my favorite uh, joke of any opening to a show.
0: VIP. Those no, no, no. The Fuck credits. That. No, no, no. <laughs> um,
1: the opening credits were basically, what, we counted 18 seconds into the pilot episode and it was just tits. Like, there was just a lot of women looking uncomfortable in bathing suits. Wow. Um, no. But, but
0: it, for some guys, that was like, get out the... That's true. It puts the notion on its skin. I did
1: think of that weird, uh, shitty Xbox game, the, the guy game or something like that. That trivia game where it was like, it was Girls cool. Gone Wild. Very uncomfortable. I don't think
0: I ever played that. Oh, yet. I
1: will tell you all about that momentarily. But no, the opening joke for every episode of Police Ac- or Police Squad, not Police Academy, Police Squad, was um, they would go through the regular intro, and then every episode had a special guest star, and that special guest star died in that scene. So, like, there's one of, like, William Shatner. It's like, oh, tonight's special guest star, William Shatner! And it's like him talking to a woman in a bar, and he fucking ducks down, and there's, like, gunshots above him, and he, like, kills five guys, and then goes back to being cool, and drinks whatever's on the table, and then gets poisoned by that and dies. And that was every episode. They had a special guest who immediately died in the opening credits, and I thought that was so goddamn brilliant. So,
0: who was the person that died in the beginning of these credits? In the beginning of this one, then? A VIP? A VIP.
1: Um, Well, he didn't die, but. Well yeah, the the best part was special guest uh, appearance by fucking Brian Cranston. Yes, definitely. Amazing.
0: Young Brian Cranston before the pre uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, definitely pre breaking bad.
1: Pre breaking yeah. bad, yeah. Um and so yeah, the gimmick was that he was a former like he was like Magnum P. I basically. Uh, and then he retired from acting and became a bodyguard. But oh, the joke is he's not really a good bodyguard. He's got a team of actual professionals, um, in this sort of A-team setup,
0: right? And who, uh, he's who just, do who do all the work while and he's he tries just a to, sham. While he tries to bang bikini chicks, on right? So. Um, which uh, now
1: as down as much as we're downplaying that, he was the best part of the episode, yeah, without without question. Well,
0: Bryan is just amazing, period.
1: But just like him being sleazy, like him. Uh, like he's, has uh, he got this bikini chick, and she's like, "Oh, I remember you from a TV show I used to watch when I was like a little
0: baby girl, baby." And he's like, oh, yeah. "It wasn't that long ago." Yeah. Like, ho-ho! Oh. Oh, could she have stressed like how like little, 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 little? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, like, creepazoid. Yeah, First off, why, fucking why, mental why, patient. Why were your parents letting you watch this? This yeah, adult show. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. Um. So yeah, so Brian Cranston was great, even though his character is is terribly written. And so, basically, he's an asshole, and then the IRS is going to throw him in jail for tax evasion. And so, he leaves the country and just gives the company to the people who actually ran it. And they suck, apparently. Like, they're not good at marketing, I guess, because they're going to close their doors. Um, And then, through zany circumstances, Pamela Anderson accidentally looks like she's a bodyguard on national TV... And they're like, boom, oh. there's our billboard check.
0: For By the way, did, did you catch it? you caught the, the actor's name? What was the actor's it name? Was, uh, it was Brad something. But it was basically, it was definitely them trying to go, it's Brad Pitt, but not really. Do do? It like, yeah. It was like, uh, like Brad, Brad Pitt or Brad Gitt like yeah. or Brad Scott.
1: It actually might have been Brad Pitt, now that I think about it. That's terrible if that was. But anyways, um, and yeah, so they picked a, uh, an actor who was worse than Pamela Anderson to be the guy. How that happened. Really. So that she looked like goddamn Shakespeare compared. Um, so, what did you think about the the catalyst for
0: one of the most popular shows of 1998? Was it really that popular? I don't know. It lasted for like, what, two seasons? Yeah, yeah it was like two seasons worth. I, I I question its overall popularity. I think we might be overreaching its popularity at touch, even though I did say it once we got done watching the episode, it said Firefly! One season. right? VIP,
1: at least two seasons. Well, uh, speaking of Firefly, the, the ultimate painful uh, realization I came to was that VIP, the story of regular mundane person in over their head with this professional, you know, policing unit is basically just the premise of the fucking Nathan Fillion show, Castle. Right. And Castle's just a rip-off of VIP, and my heart broke <laughs> when I came to that conclusion because I really like Castle, and I really don't like VIP. Right. Um. Oh, and by the way, so 18 seconds in, Uncomfortable Bikini Chicks. Right. Another, I gotta say, probably maybe two minutes, our introduction to Pamela Anderson is her Naked under some silk sheets, just right. rolling around like she's in a constant photo shoot. Right. Oh, and this is uh, Pam and Tommy Lee era Pamela Anderson, right. by the way. Not don't look at porn.
0: Right. This is
1: weird, judgy Pamela Anderson. This of is today.
0: like a hundred percent smoking hot, like prime Pam. And, and I'm not even normally into like the like plasticky Barbie blonde type, but Pam Anderson then was. Mwah. That was that was top quality. I'm telling you, that was some top quality. Pam Anderson right there is all I'm saying to that. So. Uh,
1: that was all that was missing from her like introductory scene. This, this like here, yeah, like she's just rolling around in bed. In fact, here's the thing: VIP, the pilot episode, mm-hmm. which is called like beats working at a hot dog stand, right, is is exploitative in nature, right. But it is not exploitation. Because exploitation in its truest form... Right. Revels in its sleaziness. Right. VIP, it's like it's just shoveling chum in the water. Like, it's like, oh, this story sucks. Hey, here's some tits for you. Because I right. know that you're about to change the channel. Hey, look, a, n- a nipple might pop out. How's that look? Like, because it was like, oh, she's going to go on this date with Brad Pitt lookalike. Right. What is she going to wear? Q... Uh oh, slutty outfit montage. Right, like that's genuinely how that show goes. It's like maybe like six minutes worth of story, right? Stretched out to in this first one, God help us, forty five minutes with. Hey, that, here's some booby that, shots. That was a
0: full hour with commercials back in the Ugh. day. <laughs> we we didn't have the commercials to deal with. Yeah. So. Um. You know what that? You know what that reminded me of that. Reminded me like if uh, do you remember the show that used to follow Monday Night Raw? Well, Fem Nikita. Uh, no, even before that. Oh. There's a show called Silk Stockings. Oh my god, I do remember this, that. This was like Silk Stockings run through like a real campy, like This was like comedy. Silk Stockings, but they lost
1: the script and just went like a choose your own adventure story. Amazing. Like you're a you're a secret agent. So you grabbed your purple gun. <laughs> the mad libs. Um It would be great if we do a, a mad libs. We could I if I can find, I know we've got one, because that's the kind of man-child I am. I know we've got a Madeline's <laughs> book around here somewhere. If we found one, we could probably come up with a better script than an episode than of VIP. That was, so. But, um, no, so honestly, so what did you think, just overall? Like, let's a- actually analyze this television not, show for a second.
0: You know, the same, but we're, we're talking about how horrible it is, but we would easily go in and review a second episode right now.
1: I could if if I wasn't overwhelmed with a thousand projects I'm already working on right. there could an argument could be made to try to marathon it and like do a, a retrospective on it because right. absolutely no one talks about this series right because in all honesty I remember the Mad TV parody of it more so than the show itself um it was called Mad TV
0: did a parody of it yeah, yeah yeah
1: it was called like stick chicks or something like that and it was like the it was like uh, it was a parody in terms of somebody read the synopsis of the first episode right? and went oh I got it because it was like three chicks who were secret agents right? but they worked at like a hot dog stand right? and so it was a lot of zany bullshit about that which speaking of hot dog stand by the way um, thumbs down to the set designer of VIP because the hot dog stand that uh, Pamela Anderson's character works at lit, it, what was it called Tail uh, of the dog, yeah, tail of the dog, which is a terrible name anyway. <laughs> right, but the stand is supposed to look like a giant hot dog in a bun, and instead it looks like a giant asshole that's actively shitting. Right, that's what it looks it's, like. And then Pam yeah. Anderson's face is like, "Meow!" Like poking out of it, like poking, poking out of the, poking out the poop hole there. <laughs> yeah, just awful, just awful, and just a and very. Oh, and then. So they're she gets randomly picked up by Brad Pitt. They're gonna go to this premiere of his shitty movie, right? And then the worst fucking sneak up person in the world cuts through the crowd, holding the gun at their face level. Yeah. Oh god.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you don't you don't want to accidentally bump into somebody in the crowd. That's you got to make sure it's up high so yeah. it's out of the way. You got to
1: hold, you gotta hold it like you're a waiter. You don't want right. fucking you don't want that to, you don't want that gun to spill. <laughs> so you got to hold that above the, uh, the well, crowd. The-
0: I like the big pizza pie I shoot you exactly that was
1: the original lyrics by Dean Martin R.I.P. Um, so this asshole comes to the crowd points a gun for 45 minutes at Brad Pitt Brad Pitt uh, jumps behind Pam Anderson's ass and then Pam Anderson bonks him gently with a purse and that makes him drop the gun
0: because it hit a roll of coins it. one right. roll of coins and right. of course went spilling out uh, like, you know, Kurt Henning winning the AWA title. Because uh, that's definitely how he won the title. With, the roll, with a roll of coins. It went flying everywhere. And the referee never noticed it. Good, um, good. Here's my bringing it back to wrestling for at least I, a little that's bit. that's alright because when I was
1: saying Magnum P.I. earlier, I kept almost saying Magnum T.A. And I was
0: like, no, no, that's not his name.
1: <laughs> Although, let's be honest, if Magnum T.A. had come
0: out with a Hawaiian shirt on instead of, like, a cowboy vest, I think. Still, well, I mean, his whole still amazing. His whole gimmick was was straight up ripping off Magnum PI, obviously. Other yeah. other than the Hawaiian shirt, but I'm just saying, so. he could have made it work. He could. He could have easily. If made there's it anybody work. in in
1: in wrestling that could have made a Hawaiian shirt work, Captain Lou Albano, Coach Mikey, Magnum T A. That's right. what I'm just saying.
0: And uh, Don Morocco for a little bit too. Don Morocco was also a, a Hawaiian shirt connoisseur. Which, speaking of,
1: maybe you could explain this to me.
0: Like Don Morocco made you think of something here.
1: Well, it actually has to do with that. Um, okay, why why was Don Morocco's gimmick that he
0: he wanted to eat? He was hungry for after all the roids. I don't. I, I don't know. Like I,
1: sounds like a setup to a bad joke. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm saying though, like Phantom Voice, who's not in this episode, yeah, like
0: little Lynn run in there. Um, yeah. Her not appearing in this episode. Yeah.
1: Um, no, there was. A, I watched a Botchamania Mania where like. Captain Lou was managing Don Morocco and he kept us feeding like Don Morocco's like giving a big boot and literally drinking a soda. And I was like, What the fuck? So I thought that was I was wondering if that was part of his gimmick.
0: No, Morocco was I remember the fans used to chant beach bum at him. That was like the biggest thing I remember because he was from Hawaii and that was always the thing they would chant. Ooh, beach. scathing. Right. And that was like that was like their big comeback to Morocco for most of his career was beach bum.
1: So just think it would only be a short time after that beach bum, you know, eventually fans would start chant- chanting, uh, let's go Young Bucks, fuck the Young Bucks. Right. You know, in terms of chance, you know, that it was just a small step away from beach bum. Or same fucking move. <laughs> Actually,
0: there's a great, there's a great, um, not great. Okay, let me refer, let me back that up a little bit. There's a video that I found once online that is an old... Owen Hart match from when he actually wrestled in WCW. Oh, he wrestled in wow. WCW for a little while and he was wrestling Rip Rogers. Do You know Rip Rogers mm-hmm. at all? Um he's a big de- he's a kind of a big deal trainer now, but Rip at the time was you know built built like an Adonis, had the you know dyed his hair blonde, had like the but his beard was still the same color that his normal hair was. Which always weirded me out a little bit. But he was one of the people that would wear, like, pink and put on pigtails and stuff like that to rile the crowd up as a heel. So, Owen Hart, as a face, like, this is, like, primetime, like, you know, yay, good guy Owen Hart starting a uh, a very much uh, gay slur chant to oh. rile the crowd up. Oh, uh, well, delightful. That... That rhymed with uh, Sergeant Slaughter's favorite term of maggot. Um, yeah, it, it's a fun video, if for nothing more than like the absolute cringe factor. Yeah, I was saying, like, let's, let's all get no uncomfortable art. and watch over us. no, stop that. What the? Everyone's ashamed. Yeah. Now, now it's all. Nah, son of a bitch. It'll work. that a little better. The question
1: is: Does that sound effect go for the story of the fact you couldn't get to play the ball? What? Excellent, excellent. Oh, so here's a question. Yes. Uh, well, uh, let's talk about fucking VIP for a second. Okay. So, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, Bryan I, Cranston was the only decent part of the Brian first episode.
0: Bryan Cranston was decent and uh, late
1: uh, '90s fat material from yeah, Pam I'm Anderson.
0: Gonna, um, Pam Anderson was hot. I remember. I seem to remember. I thought later on as the show goes on, like that the other characters seem to suddenly get their clothes all go start getting real skimpy too, because, because, uh, cause, uh is it Molly Sims or I'm trying to remember who the hell the, the other actress is that I was trying to you know, show. I should probably look up her actual name, <laughs> um, but, uh, she was like, you a. Know, like midriff, no, no, no. Oh no, the other one. Yeah, you're right. Like, you're right, you're like right. in the button-up shirt, and like she was the very much the business-oriented one. Yeah, who's like who? At one point, Pam Anderson comes in wearing like hot pants and a, and a like a, go-go boots and a sweater and go-go boots, and she's like, you know, here at VIP, we dress professionally. Meanwhile, you're looking over at her partner who's wearing a shirt. And you never wore a shirt that didn't show her midriff, right? And like workout pants and sneakers. It's like, uh, okay, well, what's what's your idea of business exactly right. then? What business are you running exactly? Here, um, so? And then the bad guy in the first episode
1: was defeated by compliments. Yes, towards Pamela Anderson, which I well, feel like I feel like a lot of episodes probably ended that way. Just and then the last scene is everyone tells Pamela Anderson how great she is. Right. You
0: could tell Pamela Anderson was a producer on that show. <laughs> but yeah. the bigger question then becomes: though, do you remember why he why he was the bad guy of that episode?
1: Yes, because uh, Brad Twitt... In his army movie just started quoting headlines that were happening about like a fringe military group. Right. And how that they were all puss pusses. And so the leader of the actual fringe military group took offense and decided that they were going to kill Brad Pitt. Right.
0: Which, which you know happens off, every day. First off, why did the movie? Per, why did the the person editing this movie even keep that scene in there? Right. Why didn't that get cut or reshot?
1: Like the director didn't go, "Hey, what the hell was that?" Like, no, no, right. say the actual lines, you asshole. Like, yeah, no,
0: this y- 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 guts y- y- ball is just gonna start throwing. Out- yeah, because that won't date your movie at all either. By the way,
1: right? Yeah, being like, "Oh, fucking Saddam Hussein," blah blah right. blah.
0: Like, um, no, that's already done. Yeah. Very very weird. Um, any other thoughts about? Well, I think that movie, that movie that they were filming, in that still probably would hold up better than Jurassic well, Park. Uh, <laughs> when uh, fuck you, when uh, Brian Cranston. <laughs> wait to see if I get luna to do a run in again. Just when
1: Brian Cranston uh, left the episode halfway through, I was like, why can't we just follow him? running from the IRS and like Nicaragua or something like that. Like I would go watch that.
0: Where's the better call Saul of VIP
1: following Brian Cranston's character? That's what I, uh, I was much more invested in his like three scenes that he was in. I was like, yes, please. And then I'm thinking, does VIP and Malcolm the Middle exist in the same universe? Like does he do. lose all his money and then he has to settle down with a family yes. or it's, or it's like witness protection and he has to like right. make do with a family that's why like He's
0: used his money to buy a whole new uh, a whole new identity and fell in love and, exactly. and settled down
1: and like it's like uh, a history later, of violence like he's got this horrible past that he can't like let them know about
0: and then later on he gets then later on like when he gets he gets caught up with so there we go so then they start catching up with him so then they murder his whole family and he moves to Arizona where he gets cancer, uh, becomes a school teacher, and then starts making meth. So they, they all connect. All they all connect. Amazing. Amazing. Can we get Brian Cranston on the show to discuss this? I think that's an easy get at this point. Yeah, time. why not? We
1: watch, just tell him we watched the first goddamn episode of VIP. He owes us. <laughs> we
0: we only really watch it where we're, we're, we're raring for the second episode. So <laughs> because, um, because we apparently hate ourselves. Right. Uh, so
1: uh, I want to. Uh, uh, take this to something a little more interesting here. I want to decide who lives and who dies. And with that said, uh, Chad, have you gotten a chance to watch any more of the new uh, season of Mr. Science Theater? I
0: I did indeed, actually. I got to watch the... I'm only two episodes in, sadly, because life doesn't give me a chance to sit down and watch it too much. I think I'm probably going to catch up with another one. Later on this week, the problem is every time I go to catch up on one, my wife, who, like, when I offer it when we're both at home watching TV goes, eh, I don't know, maybe watch that later. But then when I watch another one, gets mad at me that I've watched another one. <laughs> so I was like, well, what the fuck is it? Do you want to watch them or don't you? Um, but I did not Present it in this way. You're
1: going through them first. You'll pick out the winners. That's true. And she can watch those.
0: Because quite honestly, the one that I just watched is definitely one that I wanted to sit down and watch, which was, which was... Uh, was a cry, crying, cry, cry Wilderness. Cry Wilderness. The it's terrible Bigfoot movie. Absolutely friggin' hysterical. <laughs> By the way, you don't know how long that soundbite actually goes for. Oh, good. That, that's like a good. That's like a good ten seconds of, of <laughs> the ice cream bunny laughing. But um, <laughs> Cry Wilderness, absolutely hysterical. Probably one of my favorite Mystery Science Theater episodes ever. Really? Not, not just for the new run. I think Excellent. that one is hysterical and. Yeah, the, like half-assed Bigfoot costume with the, with the yeah. regular hands. So yeah, I didn't have gloves for and it. Regular tiger or Bigfoot visiting the kid like magically at his fucking school, How and then they don't explain that. that by right. the way, yeah, just oh no, I haven't have that power. It's like what the fu-?
1: so right I right. was actually disappointed that um, we left the school. Yeah, like I wanted the movie to be that kid is at boarding school. And ghost Sasquatch keeps getting him into trouble. Right, like that was where I really was hoping that movie was going to be. Or, or,
0: or this could also be another kind of you know Better Call Saul type of scenario here. I want to follow that school teacher. Oh yeah, I want to really know what's going on with that dick school teacher. Which
1: that was the weirdest part. Was like he's so angry he was, but in the beginning he's like listening to the kid. Like the opening scene is this kid like trapped in a in a fucking staring contest with a Sasquatch statue. Right. And then the teacher's like, what the fuck is the deal? And he's like, oh, I've met Sasquatch for real. And the teacher, like, genuinely takes a knee and, like, listens to this kid's story. Right. And, and then, then we jump cut, and he's like, you're an asshole.
0: <laughs>
1: and I'm not going to feed you until you admit that you're an asshole. Right. Like, it was very weird. He did he did cut off food
0: from him. That was and super then, weird. And then what, so, like, so was the, was, like, the statue in the school? I'm still confused by that, too, because then it's like, they're in, I guess, what's supposed to be a museum. Yeah. And then, did they go back to the school as a museum in the school? Because then they're in what looks like a library in the same fucking building.
1: Yeah, well, and I think they, it was they were filming in one location. Right. And they were
0: just like, ah, uh, it's all the
1: same thing.
0: Whatever. And then, like, the weird, like, random fucking, like, so it's, just, so it's like I guess it's like a boarding school. So but, It like, seems that way. But they've got just a bunch of fucking kids in in beds, all at the end of the... It's just, super bizarre. Oh, but
1: I would have watched a whole movie of just that fucking nonsensical, shining building where it's oh, everywhere God. and nowhere at the same time. Yeah, God,
0: yeah.
1: But, <laughs> uh, so what, what was, like, a favorite part of yours? Like, what was your absolute, like, uh, this is why this is a great episode?
0: Uh, the... <laughs> The weird partner of the dad in the movie, the, the, laughing, the, <laughs> the la- Native American the guy, laughing, the uh, the randomly weird laughing Native American, was oh, absolutely was really hysterical. Great. And at one point when they when they call him like, oh, the kid calls him a stupid Indian, right? And and all three, and like all three of the you know. Pro- <laughs> Pro Cros- 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 Tom and uh, Jonah. I'll go. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hysterical. Uh,
1: <laughs> and then they keep bringing it up too,
0: like, ah, not so bad for a stupid Indian. I'm like, ah, that's not but, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think probably the better host bit was in the previous movie. Um, but like you said, because I, I, I'll, I'll still because you love kids.
1: that uh, what every. Country as like monster. As a monster. Yeah, yeah, I
0: love that song, but, <laughs> but yeah, the, that whole movie is just hysterical. By the way, speaking of Mystery Science Theater, I, I might be dating our episode here with this one, they're actually doing a live tour, too. I don't know if it, did you get to I did see that. See that, that. that. Um, Which, uh, of course, uh, is coming um, nowhere near us. No, yeah.
1: uh, closest is Georgia, and right. I think we've reserved that if we're going to make the drive to Georgia, it's for an A.W.E. show. Right. Like. so
0: now we just need to call the people from A.W.E. to get <laughs> the planet of a show around on the, the same, same weekend that they're doing
1: that. Um, but I found it very interesting. They're, they're doing a classic Mystery Science Theater episode, Ega, uh, and they're doing a new one that they haven't announced yet. So, like a new movie.
0: Because you are obviously the Mystery Science Theater expert here. I, I try tell, to tell us a little bit about Ega. Ega is
1: a uh, like kind of a zany uh, caveman movie. Mm-hmm. And the caveman is played by the actor who played Jaws in the James Bond movies.
0: Okay. Um, I can't think of his name right away. I want
1: to say it's a Joel episode. Richard Keel, I I believe, was the actor's name. And I think it was a Joel episode. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, It's a dumb movie, but uh, I I could see that pretty ripe to go back and and riff again. And then whatever the new movie is. Um,
0: Because they're not saying.
1: Yeah. But I think it's interesting. I will tell you, though, I am more excited about the riff track summer shorts. Yes. That is like... Because
0: the shorts are usually the best part of the... Um.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's. I. I. There are definitely movies that they've done that I've loved. Um. But typically, the shorts tend to be worth the price of admission. Shake hands with danger. I mean, yeah. Not, yeah. Like, and all the like uh, at your fingertips ones, where it's just kids making shitty arts and crafts. Like, hmm. Mm, that's good stuff. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a bunch of them. And actually, other thing I just found out is that Shout Factory. The uh, DVD Blu ray production company that owns the uh, manufacturing rights to Mr. Science Theater mm-hmm. um, are releasing a box set of Cinematic Titanic. Oh, very nice. Which was Joel Hodgson's Joel's, uh, Joel's version of Rift Tracks. Of Rift Tracks after he fell on his face a few more times, um, which had him, original Tom, right. which is um, Jay Elvis something or other. Um, Mary Jo Peel Mary Jo Dr. Forrester and TV's Frank right all doing it together and I've never watched any Cinematic Titanic because they only sold it on DVD and each DVD was like fucking like $25-$30 and oh, I was yeah, like so. I'm not rolling the dice on this knowing that not every Mystery Science Theater episode is an absolute
0: winner right
1: so this box set I think is only like 45 or 50 bucks, so and it's, the, it's everyone they did so, so it's worth the like oh absolutely of the because yeah. most Mystery Science Theater box sets are at least $35-$40 right. So. We've run out of great episodes to put on DVD, so um, so I can't I can't judge that. So I'm pretty thrilled about that.
0: So now I'm question: Do we go back at one point, and do we do a riff, riff cast version of that VIP, VIP? episode we watched? Um, I
1: don't think I could go back and watch the first <laughs> one again. I think Aww. I'd kill myself halfway through. But um, would I be willing to do a a riffcast of an episode of VIP? Yes, I would. Yeah, <laughs> I would be willing to do that. Um, any other terrible shows in the 90's that we need to watch the pilot episode of uh,
0: I think uh, wa- previous while we were watching this we did mention uh, Thunder in Paradise which would officially combine up the wrestling and us riffing terrible uh, shit terrible shit that's true So that, that could that's be a true. fun one uh, Hogan's old TV show uh, I would like to if we could find an old episode of uh, Learning the Ropes do you remember that that show no. at all no no Learning the ropes! Let's get in our way back machine into the 80s. Uh, when uh, Lyle El Zedo, former football star, uh, played, oh with the, played with the Oakland Raiders, uh, was a big name, was no longer playing football, and uh, was doing a show that was uh, combined up with the National Wrestling Alliance oh my. and um, Turner, and um, I believe the show was done on, like, TBS or something like that, but Lyle L. Zedo plays a school teacher <laughs> who has a who has a hidden extra life as a um, pro-wrestling jobber under a mask. Okay. And uh, every episode had somebody from the old Crockett um, days. On Crockett country. days. So, like, the Road Warriors made, a, made an appearance. And, but they filmed the matches, uh, like, during the old tapings at the old little studio they used to do. So, like, Tony Schiavone was on and... Ric Flair, I think, had a match on there once. So that was kind of the way of trying to, like... Before, I think, even Vince tried to do it, really. Well, maybe the the cartoon show for Rock and Wrestling, wrestling. may have been predated this. But it was... Oh, it was not... It was not... Didn't I don't know if it even lasted a full here's, season. Here's but. the thing.
1: Here's my, my concern about that. Mm-hmm. I feel like we would watch it. I feel like we would riff it. I feel like we'd try to remake it. I like, don't... Especially... I don't Especially living in either. Florida I feel like we would try to remake it because we know enough wrestling promotions
0: who would be our Lyle Alcedo then who's the mm. uh, who's, who's the, the person doing some dream ha- booking here who's the person having a teaching job that uh, that is wearing a mask on the on the weekends to to make money which basically that, that show now could have been called the you know the uh, the life story of um, you know, Dorado. no um
1: well, he's not a jobber, but he was a teacher that was wrestling on the weekends.
0: Yeah, well, so it was um, God damn it! He's uh, ringing. He does the uh, commentary for Lucha Underground now. Matt Stryker. Yes, that's true. Uh, Matt Stryker actually got fired from his teaching job be- because of just that reason, because uh, he was taking days off and stuff that he would say he was sick so that he could go uh, go wrestle on the weekends, and made like national headlines for it. I think that actually got him this WWE contract, originally. probably. So. But who's our yeah, who's our teacher that could be uh working on the weekends?
1: Well, if it was if we were going with the gimmick of like he's a jobber, right. then I think your perfect like string beanie sort of thing would have been the late great Wayne Van Dyke. I think yeah. he would have been great.
0: As Josh Hess
1: would work too. Or Josh Hess. <laughs> thank
0: thank you, disembodied voice. Exactly. Uh, I don't know how many thanks, people actually heard that. Yeah, but.
1: Thanks, Gypsy. Oh, my stars. There you go. Um, no, Josh Hess would be great. Yeah, uh, Josh Hess would be great in that role, disembodied voice. Um, but yeah, we could actually do it. That's my fear. If we watch this show, I'm going to go, we can remake this we and could, do this better. We can do this. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think of what other 80s or 90s shows. Do you have any other 80s or 90s shows, like god-awful shows that were out um, there? Hmm. The aforementioned Silk Stockings could be a good one. I don't think I ever actually watched Silk Stockings. I, don't know I, I would be either. willing to give it a shot. Now, wasn't
1: uh, La Femme Nikita based off a movie? Yes. By uh, Luc Besson, right? Sure.
0: Go I think that. so. Go with that movie, man. I, don't I know.
1: like Luke Besson.
0: I'll take your word for it. Well, for the most part. He did
1: the original like, Transporter movies. Okay. And,
0: uh, yeah, I couldn't pick Luke Besson out of a lineup. You, well, he's like a, a
1: goofy French guy, so like, Ooh. no. But, like, Aren't they all? Well, yeah. But he did Leon the Professional... Um, have you never seen Leonardo? you're looking at me very
0: like, just, I've seen, I've you're, seen, you're no selling me is, on Leona, is, is it sad that due to my wife, I've seen the transporter movies only because she's no, got, because she's Jason Statham is a Jason national Statham. goddamn treasure. Jason Statham is dreamy. That's all I can say about that. Okay.
1: So now I have to, now let's back this up a little bit. Okay. Now. So in terms of Jason Statham, uh, have you only ever watched Jason Statham movies in the action hero section of his career? Or have you uh, seen things prior to that?
0: Uh, Snatch is possibly one of my favorite yes. movies of all time.
1: And Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels—basically the same fucking movie. Right.
0: I've only seen Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels actually more recently. Okay. Um, that's actually for some reason I just never got around to seeing that. But Snatch, every time it's on, I'm I'm stopping. There's I don't need to flip channels anymore. Well, I'm I was going
1: to say I think it was John Mayer who said on one of those like I love the '80s shows about the movie Big that if you're like if it's on in a hotel room and you get out of the shower and Big is on, you will sit balls naked in a towel and watch that movie to completion. And I feel like Snatch is one of those films Super as well. To
0: completion?
1: Yeah. What, what, what are you doing during that movie? Bing bong! <laughs> yeah, well, it's a lot of good actors in that movie. Yeah,
0: well.
1: And it's like still uh, Fight Club shredded Brad Pitt in that movie. Like True. You know, very good physique at the time. I, get,
0: um, I did the fight for free. I love Brad. Brad Pitt's amazing in that movie. Again,
1: before he decided he was just going to be like, oh, I'll just be the action guy forever. Yeah. like.
0: Have you ever turned on the uh, the um, closed captioning for Snatch? I don't know if I have or not. You should. So have I'm for
1: not. uh Princess Bride. Because when you do that, you go, well, oh, Andre the Giant had a lot of really great lines in that movie. Right. <laughs> um, well, not just anybody want a peanut. There's like a whole fucking like eight conversations that I'm yeah. like,
0: oh, that's okay, cool. But there there are parts in in the closed captioning for Snatch where when Brad Pitt's talking, they throw up question marks. They have Brilliant. no idea what the hell he's saying. Brilliant. And I think that's amazing.
1: That's Jesus. So, um, what were we talking about? Oh yes. So Leon the Professional. So you haven't seen Leon the Professional? I've not seen Leon the Professional.
0: It's so good!
1: Thank you Disembodied Voice. Um, it's an excellent film. It's an excellent film. Um, it's one of those films where uh, you can see greatness mm-hmm. because um, Natalie Portman is not it. She's like 12, isn't she, in this one? Maybe even younger than that. Okay. And she acts her ass off. And you're like, holy shit, what a talented kid. Like, she does. She gives a better performance in that movie at 12 than I could at 29 now. Like, just fantastic. Right. And then you also have...
0: She did a better performance in that movie than she did in the Star Wars. Right, well, yeah. <laughs> but
1: she also had a lot better material to work with. Um, and then you also have fucking... What the hell is his name? Um, Commissioner Gordon. In the new movies. Um, Gary Oldman. Yes. Really weird performance by Gary Oldman. Not quite Fifth Element weird, yeah. but weird.
0: That's the ultimate weird Gary Oldman That is, part. Yeah, that's
1: the top scale. Like, Sid and Nancy, no. Weird helmet, side of the head.
0: By the way, Fifth Element about to hit like, like 20 years. Something I like think that. Something yeah, like it's in, that, in theaters should... now. Like it's one of those like, really? flashback
1: cinema thingies, yeah. Um, only only role I like Mila Jovovich in.
0: Um, yeah, probably won't disagree with that. Probably the only role I've seen Mila Jovovich in because I could give a shit about the Resident Evil movies. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say I would shit in W. Sanderson's mouth for each of those Resident Evil movies. I'd take a big shit right in his mouth. I'm um, sure you not enjoy that. I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Um anyways. Boy. That escalated quickly. <laughs> I mean that really got out of hand fast. I was I was worried it was gonna be the ice cream party thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was gonna be like a ten minute clip. Um <laughs> Thank you. Anyways, um no, so you're yeah you in addition to watch a bunch of the new Mystery Science Theater season, definitely watch Lee and the Professional. All right, It's an
0: excellent film. To see if that's on, excellent see, film. See if that's on Netflix. I'm sure it is. <laughs> But, I believe uh, I believe every movie's on Netflix. So basically, and then I go looking for it, but can't find
1: it. Then so. you're pissed. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That's usually because it's like that movie that I want to really see. That it's like you know, it's like to be a red box. So, right. but, so you know.
1: although I'll be honest, I don't do as much searching on Netflix anymore. I do a lot more, and this isn't just product placement. I do a lot more. What the fuck is going on on B Movie TV right now? And it'll be in the middle of some weird Italian fucking like. Gangster zombie movie, and okay. I'm just like fucking whatever. That's yeah, fine, I guess. We're going with it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm halfway through this. Whatever. I don't give a shit. With like stolen music and stuff like that, that's the best. Like the weird Italian zombie flicks, where you're like, uh, this is the fucking Halloween theme. What the hell is John Gardner
0: to make this movie? What the fuck is this? So, speaking of B movie TV, how, yes. is, uh, how is the production for Fully Gimmick Fight Club going along? Glad we'll, you asked. Let's uh, let's get our oh, we'll get our shit in there real quick. <laughs> <sure> <laughs> Fully Gaming Fight Club is actually doing
1: magnificently. Um, we're almost closing in on ten episodes now, and uh, just systematically gaining more and more uh, viewers every episode. and And the thing of it is, it's on Saturday nights at around seven twenty five Eastern. Saturday night is B Movie TV. It's like premiere night. That's right. where they have their highest viewership. So it's not necessarily that we're just like grabbing new people every time. It's New people are watching it and not changing the Roku channel. Right. Which I think is a victory within itself. Right. Because, you know, yes, attracting people to the channel is wonderful, but having people who already enjoy the channel not go, what is this bullshit? Right. And shutting it off, that's a victory within itself. And so, uh, yeah, we're growing. Uh, our numbers are growing. Our amount of companies that we're working with is growing. Our rotating door of commentators are growing. Uh, and no, I'm super thrilled with it and hopefully, you know, this will just continue to grow and become bigger and better things and
0: who knows, maybe we'll do a live tour like Mr. Science Theater is we'll do Fully Gimmick Fight Club live. So if any wrestling companies would like to hire Zach and I for for <laughs> right. uh, for Fully Gimmick Fight Club commentary, right. uh please email us at IndyCast at gmail We'll do uh we'll
1: do we'll we'll help book the show and it'll be a B movie T V themed show. So somebody'll have to be Red Brown and somebody will be like shitty Italian zombies and Weird, scantily clever. Someone could be Rosdower. Exactly. Yeah, we will just be really bad B movies. Uh, I'm sure. Oph- I'm sure we could book O'Fiddy and the Cobra, and he would gladly be Kurt Russell at our who wrestling we, show. Who do we
0: book to be Manos Hands of Fate?
1: Oh, gee, I would be with this beard. Are you kidding yes, me? I'll have the goat legs and the fucking khaki <laughs> pants, and I'll watch the place while the master's away. Like I can, I can do that. I've considered it.
0: I've considered many years being being man, uh, being a uh, Torgo for uh, for Halloween. A couple people recently on Facebook had put up things like, you know, you put up a picture and I'll tell you who you should cosplay as or you know dress up as. And I had one person that told me Ming the Merciless, which made me happy. That's pretty I rad. loved that one. I thought that one was great. And then the next time I put it up, someone told me George R. R. Martin, and I felt a little insulted. So. <laughs> <laughs> like... No,
1: just uh, just be that, be him, and then just walk into a room where someone's reading a Game of Thrones novel and just knock it out of their hand and go, "I'm fucking never gonna finish it." <laughs> just ruin I'm, everyone's I'm day. Go- I'm gonna die before <laughs> this gets done. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three more drafts to do, and I'm gonna fucking die first. I want to decide who
0: lives and
1: who dies. There you, go. So, you can, George R. R. Martin. That's right. I do. It's basically, the. So- that's basically what his autobiography is going to be called. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to decide who lives and who dies. I would be buried next to Stalin. I think it's the, the next line he says something about that. I, I forget how that skit goes, but I think Krust something about want to be buried next to Stalin. And I was like, I too would like to be buried. Next I'll to be Stalin. honest.
0: When I was putting it on the soundboard, I was just looking for one good like mystery science theater. I could I
1: could almost like reverse engineer that for you. I I, I want to say that's from the sketch where uh, Joel. Crow and Tom are all in caskets, just to kind of feel what it's like to be dead. And <laughs> uh, why not? and Crow talks about wanting to decide who lives and who, who dies. That's like mm-hmm. that's what he wants most in life. Um, and then yeah, I think he says something about being buried next to Stalin, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Um, so real quick, what would you say are your are, are let's say Cry Wilderness is one. What would you say is another two? Top recommended Mister Science Theater episodes, for
0: so of you? all time for yeah those, for the whole gamut. Uh, well, you know me. I always go to Overdrawn with the Memory Bank. That's easily that my, my favorite. Um, that's that was my favorite. I think, and probably is fighting with Cry Wilderness right now for for one. Really, individual. I'm
1: so glad that Cry Wilderness has like made yeah. such an impact. Oh, on that Oh, tick,
0: that tickled me greatly. Um, <laughs> that, that tickled me in places I never knew was possible. Oh, so that's true. You know, <laughs> to, I was about to do I'll that, do so that thank to you. myself. I appreciate um, it. Uh what's the Merlin's hustle Merlin, wonder? Uh, Merlin's shop of Mystical Merlin Shaffin Wonders. Merlin's Shop of Mystical Wonders. That one was hysterical. That is real uh, For
1: being a weird like anthology movie, that one is yes. pretty
0: brilliant. Uh I know you guys love Space Mutiny. Absolutely love Space Mutiny. love Space Mutiny. Uh God, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that immediately jumped to mind. Like I've never actually seen Manos: Hands of Fate either version. It and, is rough, and I, and and quite honestly, the reason I haven't gone back to watch it is because you've scared me away from it. so many times. <laughs> telling me how horrible it, it was. is rough. Like, um, it's not even. It's not even. It's like the movie is so bad. It's not even. There's, that's there's no
1: uh, uh, the theme of all the skits and and jokes of it is that it's so bad. They're not going to make it. Like that's the whole. My favorite skit of that is uh, during the commercial breaks, um, both. Doctor Forrester and TV's Frank separately apologize to Joel
0: and the robots for how bad of movie. how bad the movie is. Yeah. I'm trying to think; yeah, those are the ones that immediately come to mind. I don't have I don't have quite the extensive knowledge as you do on that one. So, well,
1: yes, but there is just a certain amount of episodes that are decent, right? Um, love Space Mutiny, um, love Hobgoblins, which is really bad. Um, there was another one I was just thinking of too. Oh, Prince of Space. I like that one a lot with Phantom of Crancor. Um. Hmm. Manos is, is not bad. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians is okay, good. I've seen that one. That, that one, one is, one is good. good and
0: dumb. Um. And
1: damn it, those shorts
0: are good. So- Though Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny from Rift Tracks is still <laughs> obviously one way up there, we we do love the bunny. I'll say that
1: kind of like changed our friendship. I, I think like, so because we survived that together. Like that, that was,
0: was uh, that was surviving. I think surviving that and surviving the original uh, China China video definitely. Yeah, that's not.
1: true. That forged a bond after that. So
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah.
1: Obviously, we'll give a report once we see the Rift Tracks uh, live, the the summer one. And if Mystery Science Theater announces, and and I was actually talking to disembodied voice Luna about it, she was kind of iffy about going to Mystery Science Theater Live because she doesn't love the new cast. Um, even though the new cast is not my favorite, I absolutely would go in a heartbeat. Yeah, God, gotcha. yeah, in was, a heartbeat. Just because never would I believe that Mystery Science Theater could come back, right? And so to see it live, absolutely, I would take
0: it. Do you think that, Do you think when when Joel did the riff tracks? live when they did the reunion that he kind of looked out at the audience and went oh shit I could I could do this too oh absolutely
1: I think that was the case Um, because I still uh, hot take here hot take Romero Uh, we have uh, there's some favoritism in the fan base some people like different hosts What? I know shocking as it may seem that when Joel fucking left the show in 1993, people should, some people liked Mike Nelson better. I think people should get mad and whine about that online. I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, however, um, with that said, there are strengths to every version of the show, right. but the show is still great. However, when they did the reunion... Do I think Joel only agreed because he thought it would be free advertisement for the reboot? Oh, god, gotcha. 100% yes. Because yeah. I don't believe... Now, I don't have, like, a PowerPoint presentation to back this up. But I do not believe that him and Mike are chummy chum chums. I think Mike, since the beginning, has thought that he's not above doing riff traxy kind of things. And I think Joel did. And Joel's had to be humbled to come back to it. Right. And I think Mike was basically like, I'm just going to stay the course the whole time. And so I don't feel like they're necessarily chums because basically Mike was kind of keeping the candle lit for Mystery Science Theater in spirit. Right. And then Joel suddenly swept in and went, hey, by the way, it's mine. Mystery Science Theater is mine. Right. I'm going to make money off it again. Not you guys. So, although um, uh, Bill and Kevin from Earth Tracks both make cameos
0: yeah.
1: in, uh, in the Cry Wilderness episode.
0: Have you, now, have you watched all all the episodes? Of the new the series? Yeah. Uh,
1: no, not yet. I'm about okay. halfway
0: through. So there is a possibility that maybe... Do you think there's a chance that... Uh, well, there's a Jerry Seinfeld cameo. And like a legit Jerry Seinfeld cameo? Yes. And
1: uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris.
0: That one doesn't surprise me nearly.
1: And uh, quite a few others, but I didn't see a mic. Not yet, at least. Not yet. I would be very surprised if I did. But... Like I said, the, I, and and I was actually talking to disembodied voice Luna earlier about this. That it took me further Oh yeah, it took me about halfway through the season. I dig the show, I really do. I, I don't have the apologist sort of stance of like, well, you know, I helped it with Kickstarter, so I kind of have to like it. Right. No, there's genuinely enough episodes that I'm like, these are these are above average, which is more than you can ask for with right. Mystery Science Theater if you look at it as a whole. As we said before. The show was on for, like, fucking 11 years, and of that 250 fucking episodes, there's, like, maybe a top 20 in there somewhere that right. aren't just fucking gouge your eyes out boring. So the fact that the new series is, like, above that, that's pretty great. So...
0: So do you think season two is pretty much a definitive, or... I gotta
1: think so. With the amount of money they raised, I gotta think that right. they're gonna do something with it, even if it's yeah, not figure. on Netflix... They'll do it on DVDs or something. See,
0: I think if you are going to go somewhere there, I think you kind of almost have to leave it on Netflix.
1: Oh, I think they. Part of it. I think Netflix foot enough of the bill that they were like, yeah, we're going to keep it around. But yeah. if for whatever reason Netflix didn't think it was performing, I think you've got enough fans clamoring for it that they could do new DVDs right. or something like that. So, yeah, overall, concerts, Mystery Science Theater, old TV shows, VIP. Magnum T.A. in a Magnum, Hawaiian shirt. Magnum T.A., Magnum Everything Christ. else except for VIP. exception. Brian Cranston. You were great. We hurt you, Brian Cranston. We thought you were going to kill yourself halfway through that episode. That's right. He's like, oh, I'll be right back. And like he walked over, I'm like, oh, he's gone. That's it. Um, but anyways, so yeah, well, that was the experiment uh, of VIP. What do you think, sirs? And
0: uh, <laughs> Damn it, how do I not know what do you think, I'll <laughs> work um, on that. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> so uh, that's just that. The, just to piss Luna off, because I know she hated the... Uh, what do you think? Sir? The change.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the inventory that change. That's Thank you, Disembodied Voice, voice. Yeah. Um, So, uh, for Disembodied Voice Luna... I'm coming, I'm coming. I am... Bing bong! I know, that was the saddest I'm coming ever. Bing bong! Thank, thank you. you, thank yeah. you. Well, I figured I'd chime in right at the end. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, do you have any thoughts on anything we've talked about? Yeah, I was. Interrupting. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Opinions. It also just sounded like a weird balloon. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Mike is definitely better. And if anybody likes Joel better than you're sad, and you don't find good things fun or funny,
1: I'll fight
0: somebody. Boy, that escalated
1: quickly. I fighting words. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll fight somebody over that. Um. Fight Club's really cool. Um, I don't know. I didn't really have input. I just kind of wanted to crash the party. <laughs> if you look up uh, She Wolf Media on Etsy, you can buy not one but two different Mystery Science Theater pins: mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Space Mutiny Dave Ryder pin, as well as the Rosdower from Final Sacrifice pin. I believe also some wonderful, uh, wonderful stickers
0: that. If you want to start a fight, cause quite the hubbub on. Uh, on <laughs> if Facebook you want to be like people. me and fight some folks, right. yeah. then yeah, it's you a can. Blue I think Zach and I were already having enough fun fighting <laughs> with folks. Um, but anyway, I, tell- I was actually telling my. Uh, I think I was telling my. Aunt, I, we went to Disney for my birthday and I was driving up and I somehow got to talking to my mother about that. I'm like. Mom, you so wouldn't believe the argument I had yeah, on the internet today. That's pretty much what it was. And it's like, yeah, you start attacking Zach, you better believe I'm, I'm running in there. So Tag team. You, it, you so leave yeah. you leave him alone. I'm a, I'm a precious angel and I should be protected. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um,
1: but, anyways, so, yes, so. Very strange experimental episode of uh, the IndieCast yeah. After Dark. Uh, and there so, might be more of these. Yeah, I, well, Learning there... the
0: Ropes, episode one. By the way, <laughs> I'll, I'll track it down. We track <laughs> it down VIP, yeah. easily That's, enough. Uh, I think Learning the Ropes might be a little different. It was like 80s, uh, that was like '80s. That was like about the same time that like uh, Small Wonder was out. Okay. So that should give you an idea. If there's a goddamn
1: TV show about a robot girl floating around on the internet, then That's we can true. find. Substitute teacher. Well, so basically, are you guys doing like the final thirty gimmick? But instead of watching thirty minutes, you're just gonna watch one episode and like see basically the basically everything. the pilot episode and judge yeah, the entire God. series yeah. of it, you Thank know, goodness. like assholes do. <laughs> um, but anyways, for disembodied voice Luna, <laughs> I am
0: Doctor Assface, uh, and I am Coculus Maximus. Until next time, everybody. We always say, Toosies. Toosies.